Hey everyone, welcome to episode number five of the Forever Strength Podcast. Uh, I'm Andrew Coates. Hi, I'm Bailey. <laughs> We're gonna get better at this. Um, between the two of us, we'll introduce ourselves. So we're obviously having fun with these. Uh, you may listen to other podcasts out there and they're really polished and produced. Um, we obviously want these to be great and professional, but um, this is one piece of a whole lot of coaching that we do, a lot of media stuff. So we're trying to deliver on really useful information without necessarily like, throwing a ton of production behind it. So I hope you're enjoying it. And today we're going to talk about the importance of rest, both within workouts and between workouts. So, uh, Billy, I'll let you start on this. Why is this so important to you? Importance of rest. Um, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about the energy systems specifically, um, really you're working through two systems. First one, um, well, they're both anaerobic systems, but first one, phosphagen system, which is at high energy or high intensity using your phosphocreatine ATP stores um, and then your glycolytic system, which is using your glucose stores. Um, both using ATP, they don't replenish while you're using them. So you need to rest in order for that muscle to recover uh, short term so you can go through a full burst again. Um, unlike the oxidative system, which, you know, as you're using it, it sort of slowly replenishes. Um, so that would be for those long distance runs and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah. Um, so for those energy systems, because they're being used and you need to replenish them, um, studies show about two to three minutes between sets um, potentially is most beneficial unless you're testing like one rep maxes. Powerlifters usually sit you know, they sit at a rack for five minutes between their sets, which is perfectly normal. Um, that's what their energy system needs to recover so that they can, you know, put in full effort for the next set. We, we work at Evolve and they sell candy at the front desk. So sometimes you'll see, and this is definitely a bit of fun. The power lifters will all be sitting there with their bag of candy between their sets. And occasionally you'll see someone with their laptop doing homework between sets. And yeah, like sometimes it gets a little carried away, but by and large, they do need the rest break. Uh, yeah. do they need sugar between sets because are they going through a lot of glycogen? No, they're not. Uh, so they just enjoy the candy in order. And we got real science heavy, real fast on that. So, so let's, let's turn that into something that's a little more accessible. You've got two main aerobic systems. That's your more endurance based stuff. You got two anaerobic systems, the anaerobic systems, anaerobic means without oxygen. So the two main anaerobic systems, the first one, it gives you about like zero to about 10 ish seconds of high intensity effort. And if you supplement with creatine, which is actually how creatine works, you can get maybe an extra five seconds of that. Okay. We'll, we'll explain that. Uh, the second system probably takes you up into the range of about two minutes. And then beyond that, you get your two aerobic systems. They're like four sets of gears on a, on a car. They're all actually all working at all times, essentially but they're mm -hmm. ramping up in terms of power. So your first one has a ton of power, but not a lot of endurance. And they progressively have less power and more endurance until you get into your marathon running type energy systems. Yeah. And a lot of the strength training stuff is really gonna be rooted in anaerobic energy systems, right? So we wanna make sure those are strong. That's why we can supplement that with things like pushing sleds or farmer's carries or short burst of interval work. We tend to defer me, at least as a coach, um, if someone has aerobic needs or if they're training for something that demands aerobic uh, energy capacity, like say a marathon, 
well, that stuff's probably going to be outside of the bounds of a strength training session that I'm doing one-on-one -on -one with them. They can go do it on their own. Yeah. Yeah. There is a, some carryover between systems. Um, obviously if you're, you're doing high intensity sprints, that's going to carry over into your, your distance running too. Um, just because it's the same organs being used, right? Um, it's just how they're being used essentially. And what, um, what energy is fueling them. But yeah, so for strength training, usually first two systems being used, um, which is why between sets, we need to be resting in order to use the system uh, after it replenishes somewhat um, to give another full effort. And it's, I, it's okay. basically ATP. We're regenerating ATP. All of the energy systems replenish ATP just at different rates. Some are more yeah. efficient than others. Um, another fuel that goes in the system and just a little bit of kind of myth busting is we all talk about lactic acid and burning of muscles and how you build up lactic acid in the muscles and Bailey's rolling her eyes because it's actually not how it works. Yeah. Lactate is a fuel substrate that is used by the, and, uh, sorry, aerobic energy systems, right? So, um, actually I might have that backwards. So, you know what, I'm going to let you, cause you're a bit more of an expert on that, but anyway, lactate is a fuel used in some of the energy systems and it is not this harmful substance that's building up in our muscle cells. Um, we, we don't have to get too far into the science beyond that, but, uh, I also don't feel the need if someone says, Hey, my legs are burning. They're building up lactic acid. We don't really, there's not a lot of value in correcting them either, but if you're interested, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, uh, you know, you don't want to confuse a beginner by giving them too much information. <laughs> Essentially it's just a byproduct. Usually if you're feeling that burning, it just means that your, your muscle is running out of energy and that's why you're getting that sensation. Not harmful. Um, lactate's more of a after byproduct, not a during byproduct. Um, but yeah, so that would be the running out of fuel for the muscle, getting the burning sensation, um, resting, recover, and then go into the set again. So obviously I have a lot of clients where they'll say, Oh, this, this will be good by the fourth set. <laughs> um, which is, it happens all the time. And, you know, as a beginner, you don't know until you know, right. So, uh, that's normal. The muscle gets tired the more that you use it. So of course the first set's going to be easier than the last set. Um, if you're using the same weight, because even though you're letting your muscles rest and recover, um, they still don't have those stores in order to give that same performance. We should probably also mention the role of glucose because there's a lot of myths and misconceptions. I mean, it's slightly outside the topic, but it really relates to it. Um, especially when it comes to well, both high intensity and endurance work, right? Glucose is the preferred fuel for muscle cells in our brain. So we have a lot of people talking about keto and carnivore and low carb and carbs are bad and sugar is, there's a, there's a semi-famous, I'll, I'll say it, a quack, a charlatan who is a doctor of pharmacy, but calls himself a doctor on social media. A lot of people like to share this dude's stuff. And he recently put up a post saying that, uh, I think it was basically that sugar addiction has killed more people than cocaine. Now that's, here's the funny thing. If you get into the mental gymnastics about the big picture with, with obesity and diabetes and what have you, what he's saying is technically true, but there are so many flaws within what he's doing. Plus he's demonizing sugar and 
sugar at its base element is just carbohydrate, right? So ultimately in order to perform their best, you know, in, in the gym and certainly anybody in athletic pursuits, we need enough fuel in the form of carbohydrates. And anybody who says carbohydrates aren't essential are kind of missing the point. They still do make it all a whole lot easier. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's carbohydrates is the fastest thing that your body can break down. It's the fastest macronutrient. Um, and it's also, like you said, turns right into glucose. So, and that's the, the substrate that's easiest used by the muscles and the brain. So, um, it's just a, one of those quick, <laughs> you can't avoid it. Your body needs it sort of thing. And we need to replenish glucose between workouts. Mm -hmm. So we were going to talk about recovering energy systems between workouts anyway. So what are your general recommendations and important information about rest and recovery between workouts? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously you want your muscles to recover between workouts. Um, not, I like to say that it's somewhat counterproductive to use a muscle while it's sore, not because you're going to stress it more and cause more injury. Um, it's just because you're not going to be able to push as hard. Um, it, it's, you're going to feel that burning sensation more because, um, you know, it's still not quite recovered all the way. Um, so again, not counterproductive, but you're not going to get as much out of it if it's not completely recovered. Um, and what comes into that, of course, is sleep, which there's been a lot more information about sleep recently, which I'm pretty pleased about because I'm not one of these people. Sleep has always been really important to me. I was a student athlete and I still got eight hours a night. Don't ask me how I did it, but you know, it's a priority because it does affect how your body recovers. This is when your muscles are going to recover is when you're sleeping, your body sort of resets while you're sleeping, your hormones, um, everything reduce, reduces stress and improves your mood. If you're, if you're getting adequate amounts of sleep, there's some scary long-term stuff too. Now, some of it gets a little bit overstated, but there are definitely strong relationships between virtually all major mental health and psychiatric issues and, mm -hmm. and poor sleep. Um, sometimes they're sort of, which is first. And okay. there are, there's definitely a relationship between blood glucose regulation. So we're talking about things like diabetes long-term um, and it seems to be some good evidence on increased risk of things like heart disease and cancer. If you chronically poor sleep, maybe the one that scares me the most is the relationship between dementia, Alzheimer's and poor sleep long-term uh, sleep has seems to be a big thing for the brain to recover, to kind of clean itself up, deal with metabolic waste products. So we're, we're wandering a little bit far afield here, but sleep's crazy important. And it's when muscles tend to regrow and rebuild the most. And that also ties in with nutrition. We need to fuel our bodies with enough proteins, amino acids. We need enough calories, energy calories, which again, glu glucose and carbohydrates tend to work a little bit better than fats for this one. Uh, you certainly do need healthy fat for a lot of different metabolic functions, including a lot of hormone production. And ultimately, if you are trying to train to build muscle to get stronger, at the same time, you're trying to diet and restrict your fuel intake to get leaner. Those can be really hard things to do together. And ultimately, if you're in a caloric deficit and training super hard, you may not be getting enough recovery to where you're repairing all the micro tears and micro trauma to joint tissue, bone, and muscle. Now, I don't want that to sound like, oh my God, we're 
actually going to like, you know, dramatically increase the risk of injury, but it is intuitive to say, if we're not fueling enough and not sleeping enough, then, and we are continuing to do a high volume of training and not taking enough breaks in between, it's increasing the likelihood compounded with all the other stress in our lives of sustaining an injury. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, also with the mental fatigue, you know, dieting is hard, um, depending on how you're going about it. And then to go into the gym and push yourself when you're exhausted, because you're really not getting your maintenance calorie intake, um, to fuel your body to, to work properly. Um, it's a mental game for sure. So, I mean, no point in pushing yourself through torture. It's, like I've said before, you don't need to cram everything. It doesn't need to be done in three months. You know, if it's not working now, go back to your maintenance, whatever, get your nutrition in, continue to work hard um, and try again later. I mean, unless there's some sort of illness and disease, which of course, then you would talk to a doctor about stuff like that. Um, there's no need to rush it, right? We're talking about longevity and, and uh, long-term changes. Want to tell everybody why it's not a good idea to sacrifice an hour of sleep to get up and do early cardio? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to do that. So. <laughs> we, we, call, we often all, all sort of open the door to it. It's not common or not uncommon to see messaging about how you have to get up early. And first of all, I don't like that narrative anyway, right? There's, there's science that sort of refutes that. It's, it's better to always get up early. I mean, the amount of sleep you get is the most important thing and the quality of sleep. So if you were sacrificing sleep quality and duration to do cardio, because your goal is fat loss, then it probably, if you're shorting your sleep, it's probably making it harder because it interferes with blood glucose regulation to, it makes it more challenging to lose body fat. So you're sacrificing something really important for something that probably isn't giving you as much benefit as you think. So it is a little counterintuitive to sacrifice sleep. Now, if you get go to get to bed earlier and you get up early, do your cardio, and it works for you, that's okay, totally okay. But it doesn't make a lot of sense, and it's probably not as beneficial as you might think to short your sleep to do cardio. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah, another oh, I just wanted to mention a few training modalities where rest sort of, it seems counterintuitive. Um, so, of course, supersets. The reason supersets is a very time um what word am I looking for? It cuts time down on your workout, um, but you're still resting one muscle if you're using the other one. So say like bicep curls and tricep pushdowns, they're both isolation movements. Um, you're not really using one and the other. So rest doesn't have to be as long. Uh, and then that's a good way to, you know, shorten your workout, but still get in those muscle groups. Do you have any other rest well, exceptions? I think there's a lot of ways of training past failure right? Or increasing the training intensity. And there becomes a trade-off where are we accumulating fatigue faster than we're accumulating training effect, right? And everybody's different. And on average, women seem to respond better to superset training and higher volumes and intensities. They tend to recover faster between sets on average than men do. Now, there's probably something, one of the explanations may not be the only one, is that on average, men tend to lift heavier weight than women. I said, on average, there are some crazy strong women, but across the population, the greater magnitude of the mass of the weight generally requires more rest. 
right? Um, what we've noticed is women can do, let's say their one rep max is hundred pounds on something. They might be able to do eight reps of 90 pounds, which is super cool. Whereas the guy can probably do three reps of that. So women also tend to be able to do more reps of weight. That's pretty close to their one rep max. So these are differences that women should exploit in their training and work really hard. Um, oftentimes if a woman is coming in with, you know, a, a male partner and the male partner is doing kind of a bro bodybuilder split and it works for him. Great. If she loves it, awesome. If it's getting her consistent, cool. But it's probably not an optimal training style for a woman compared to a man. Honestly, it's not even optimal for guys, but guys just. Well, see, that's where a good coach comes in is because not everyone's the same. There's differences between men and women. There's differences between women and women. Um, it takes a good coach to realize what you're good at, what's going to be most effective, um, how you need to rest, give you recommendations on stuff like that and and help you through the process one more thing let's touch on you mentioned stress in our notes because you wanted to to tackle that you know would you want to explain the role of stress that it plays in recovery stress um in terms of life stress all the things that go on in our lives yeah I mean, obviously stress makes it harder to want to go to the gym because you feel exhausted all the time. It also makes it harder to sleep, all that kind of stuff. But by working out, um, it's a stress on the body, but it is a stress reliever. Um, so in the long run, if you're stressed, you work out, um, you get better sleep, you get less stressed. It's a, it's a nice, smooth path. Um, but of course you have to take it day by day. Some days are better than others, but. And that's the, the way I approach it too. I tend to think of it as a net positive in extreme cases at individuals who are used to brute forcing their way through very high volumes of training cardio. Again, if they're being a little restrictive on their nutrition and on top of it, there's a lot of life stress, the stuff can get cumulative to a point where it tips over an edge. And then the physical stressors of cardio and, and training are now not only creating diminishing returns, but may actually be harming your progress. Mm -hmm. So again, if you ever feel like you're on the bleeding edge of the cumulative stress that you can handle in your life, then we have to start looking at, okay, cool. How can we make some lifestyle changes that bring us down off the edge of just being that stressed? I mean, all the stress relieving strategies are way beyond the scope of this conversation, but at least it's a good thing to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Any other thoughts? Well, summary, rest is good. You need it. Beautiful. All right. Uh, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, episode five in the books. We're going to work on bringing on some guests as well, where possible. Uh, we'll try to both be present for the guests, whatever we can. And uh, we hope you've been enjoying it. Hopefully you're subscribing. Hopefully you're following us on social media at Andrew Coates Fitness, at Bailey Lau Fit. And uh, thanks for tuning in. See ya.